0: A cautionary tale, Uh, perhaps for those out there wanting to start a brewery, thinking, "I'll do a bolter and I'll just uh, build up a brand and in three years, uh, you know, sell it for 11 to 8 billion dollars."
1: Well, was it 11 to 8 billion dollars, Pete? I don't know. Look, you know, I've heard so many different figures, um, and none of them. I I believe it
0: was one billion (laughs) dollars. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner, and they are proud supporters of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me as he often does, well, in fact, as he always does, it's Matt Get G'day, Matt. And I'll um, just start this off by saying, do I need to speak a little slower for you or make some allowances? Because have you been out for a long lunch?
1: Uh, I've been out for a long lunch, but didn't have a... Uh, sorry, I had one beer. Um, oh. and, and it was a pot. It was a very, very small beer. So uh, no, it was, ironically, um, we are recording this even later than we were planning on, Pete, because ironically, I just Jamie Cook was in town, caught up with him for a, for a bite, and
0: uh, don't tell me he blatantly disregarded his very own cook limit. <laughs> well, no, they're, they're, Given, as it applies to lunch given he was the uh, <laughs> author of the cook limit or the uh, sort of
1: inventor of the cook limit um, it was it was ironic that it was a very very long long lunch isn't the way to describe because it, it wasn't a long lunch in in that sense it was just a you know great chat um, anyone that's listened to any of our chats over the years with Jamie on on mic it was just talking about you know uh a lot of the things and hello to jamie who will no doubt, no doubt be listening to this because a lot of the things we talked about were things that we've uh, discussed on the podcast recently so yes but no you don't need to speak slower i'm 100 uh, 100 i could use a coffee though pete
0: yeah i had a coffee while i was waiting for you actually so if i start speaking a little bit quicker it's because uh yeah 4 30 in the afternoon and oh, it's actually five o'clock now because we had a little bit of a delay bit of news to get through matt absolutely not a lot not a lot, not a lot happening um, I guess we always say that after such a big news week like we had last week, when uh, the news that Bolter had sold uh, dropped, but um, everything else kind of you kind of go, oh, well, it's a bit of a flat week this week. But there's there's still stuff happening. Only so As- many breweries to be bought,
1: Pete. <laughs> yeah, so it can't it can't be a uh, it can't be that every week. I guess.
0: No, that's right. Well, perhaps we should kick off um, the roundup of the news of the week for those who may have missed it uh, with a brewery that, rather than being bought, is up for sale. Uh, the owners of Maltshed, the artist formerly known as Maltshed Brewery um, in Wangaratta, it's a, a brewery and uh, venue. They're putting the business up for sale. Uh, Andrew Grant and Matthew, who are the directors of, of Malt Shed, are inviting expressions of interest for the business and the brand. Um, they, they said that the demands of running a brewery along with their full time jobs um so one's a vet surgery owner, one's a geoscientist and a commercial kitchen equipment supplier um, and they've all got young families and it's all just proved to be a little bit too much have have you i doubt that you would have been i haven't been at,
1: I, I haven't been not down sure. there but I, I, look th- this was a story that we ran you know ordinarily when someone's trying to sell something. You you know it's a commercial like you would run it as a as it classified in the, in the or whatever. Ads. Yep. But this yep. was this was something. It was a nice one because the guys were very open uh, uh, about the background to it. You know they've received ARBA medals. They've uh, picked up you know even including gold at the the Indies. Successful brand um, seem to be doing quite nicely. But you know this is a story that for any of our you know prosumer listeners you know the people that are harboring visions to open a brewery and think well look you know I, I, I can't afford to you know go open um you know i don't have the money to sort of build it and open it i'll sort of keep it ticking along while i keep my day job as a lot of breweries um, in, in the country are this is a you know one of those lessons that it's hard graft and you know they've been open for two or three years and you know it, it they they have got a good business. Um, you know, it seems to be going quite nicely, but they just haven't grown at the pace where they can give up their day jobs and make an income out of it. And the, you know, effort of doing both is does tax the, uh, you know, Passion Bank after a while.
0: Yeah, and it, look, it's a it's a great venue. I've, I've been there once. Um, food was spot on, really great venue, Um uh, it's kind I guess it's in the right spot it's it's sort of it's heading into town if you're coming sort of up from Melbourne um, but the brewery side of things they um, they did go down the contract route of getting some of their uh, lines because when they first started they had just a fairly small pilot brewery um, system uh, but the demand for Yep, like your beer, we want to have some takeaways. Meant that they they had to look at some other options for um for getting their beer out into the market, and it's that whole thing of you know, and we've seen it a hundred times, Matt. That you know, taking that next step is not just another in a continuation of steps you've already taken. Sometimes it's actually a a far bigger leap. Um, both in your time commitment, like you say, the, the passion meter has got to go over a, a few more clicks, um, and the the cost. You know, it's 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 not just a well, let's just make some more beer and make some more money. It's no, we've got to put a, a fair bit of cash in to in order to get that cash back and you know, just to keep your, your current accounts satisfied.
1: It's it's a capital intensive, low margin business, and you know it's. It's one of the dirty secrets, you know. I think prof you and I've said before that, you know, it, oddly, some of the really nice feedback that we've got from our listeners when we've uh, turned up at events is the guys that say, or the guys and girls who say, um, "Thanks, you know." I, I listen to the podcast, and you actually talked me out. You, you know, you talked me out of opening a brewery, which I, I hear as you saved me from making, you know, potentially. Um, you know, expensive mistake because I love beer. I love the brewing industry. I love the community around beer. Um, I love making beer, but maybe I don't want to make that, you know, the yoke, um, you know, uh, uh, around my neck.
0: Yeah, and don't forget too, Matt, that 10 years ago when we sort of started, first started banging this particular drum, um, there were probably only 150 breweries for which you would become a competitor um, or, a you know, a collaborator or, or a, a colleague now with six hundred odd, it's it's also you can be making the best beer in the world, but it can without the right marketing, without the, you know, capturing lightning in a bottle, and, and just having all the planets align. You can be just another brand that gets lost in the white noise. You know, um, not even you know, not even make it to the shelves of of Uncle Dan's or or First Choice. And and do you even want
1: to make it to the shelves of Uncle Dan's? You know, with with the the slow payment terms, and you know, that's one of the interesting things that when you sort of talk. To people in the industry, you know they, they they point out, you know, if you're selling your beer into Dan's, um, you're carrying you, you're essentially their banker for
0: 90 days um, till they pay you. So, and like you said, Matt, um, it's a it's a, a low margin, high volume caper. So it's not even like, oh, that's you know, that's good. I'm I'm making more sales, but you're still only making a small margin on each of those sales. So yeah,
1: and, and just to your point, Pete, you know when uh, you know a lot of people started their plans to make a brewery um or, or build a brewery you know there may have been 150 200 250 um and, and i remember speaking to people three and four years ago talking about the numbers of breweries and they say well um you know 200 isn't too many but they forget you know, and, and people now when we've got like five 550 breweries they still say well 550 breweries is sustainable but if you're the 551st and the 551st is sustainable what about the 150 guy people who are also planning on opening a brewery? So you will end up being the, um, you know, whilst you were the 551st in succession, you are going to be one of 750 um, at some point down the track. And that's when the question is, is my idea, which is good now, is, is that idea still going to be as good when there are younger, fresher, um, you know, competition, um, you know, potentially even down the street from me.
0: Yeah, and, and look, far from uh, convincing everyone else who's out there listening, perhaps thinking of, uh, or perhaps buying malt shed or um, opening their own brewery, uh, it's not all that glum because we're still only, you know, 5% of the market. So the key now is, yeah, we, can, we, we should be able to brew more beer and we should be getting better at brewing beer and become more efficient at brewing beer and be able to get our beer to market uh, more affordably but we've still got to we've still got to get that 95 percent who's either not drinking beer at all or who's you know or drinks occasionally but just drinks whatever you know is cheapest um at the supermarket um to to try craft
1: yeah and and look pete that's the thing you know i don't get any pleasure in t- talking people who want to make a career in beer out of it that's not the the point i was making it's just I think there is so much positivity about the industry and you know, so much writing that is on the supportive end of the industry talking about you know a, a lot of the articles that are written on sites and blogs and things like that are, you know this is ex um, Brewer, you know they, they have this brewery, they're making the beer, it's been a passion. and that's in the first six, 12 months of them opening. And you see a lot of people who, you know, 6, 12, 18 months later, there's tiredness in the eyes um, and a sense of realisation that they weren't fully aware. And when we talk about these things, it's not to dissuade anybody from opening a brewery because I still think there is room for breweries with the right model. Um, but don't go into it with your eyes shut, Um you need to have a good idea, you need to be willing to execute it, um, and you, you know, it, it's gotta be the right idea in the right place at the right time, and you can still succeed. And you know, malt shovel might be the perfect for somebody who wants to go in and run it as their own venture. A lot of that
0: hard work has been done. Should just probably clarify malt shed, Matt. Oh, Matt. Malt I don't shed. think no, I'm pretty shovels. sure malt shovel is not for sale.
1: No, well, I don't know. It's well, that way, Lion might
0: <laughs> Lion might be looking to free up a little bit of capital. Uh, yeah, well, uh, in light of um, the fact that, yeah, a cautionary tale, uh, perhaps for those out there wanting to start a brewery, thinking I'll do a bolter and I'll just uh, build up a brand and in three years, uh, you know, sell it for eleven to eight billion dollars. Um,
1: well, was it eleven to eight billion dollars, Pete? I don't know. Look, you know, I've heard so many different figures, um, and
0: none of Matt, them. I, I believe it was one billion dollars. <laughs> no. Did it's we, getting bigger every week. We did Everyone really you speak to Just adds a zero.
1: Yeah, we, we didn't talk to um, Ballast Point Sale last week where they were bought by an Australian. Um, uh, you know, sold for a billion dollars. Things in context, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm still trying to get well, in touch. It
0: sold, it, it constellation brands paid a billion for it.
1: A billion US too. US. So you
0: know that's about
1: thirty billion Australian.
0: So, step on the pump, give that about three puffs um, yeah. to equate it to Australian dollars, folks. Um, I'm guessing fire sale? Like, there's no way he sold it for two billion.
1: No, I, I've actually, well, see, there's a lot of
0: speculation. <laughs> it wasn't a fix and flip, was it? Uh, no, it, it, I take it We'll give it a lick of paint We'll put in an extra dunny And we'll sell it for heaps more
1: No, no I, I think it's a little bit You know I'm buying this sports car I'm going to thrash the guts out of it And then sort of see uh, You know As it comes back in
0: well, that with was With three fun. wheels yeah. yeah What what can I get for it Just um, put some tyre black And uh, just sweep away that smoke yeah. <laughs>
1: It's still good. So actually, yeah. So very keen that there's been a a, a lot of contact, a lot of stories out of the US about that. But uh, I'd I'd love to speak to the uh, to the Australian to find out a little bit more about. And his name's Waters or Waters, I think. So yeah, love love to find out a little bit more and uh, have have a chat with uh, how you know Australian ended up in the US,
0: going from hotels into owning. Yeah,
1: you know, it, it's a it, it's a coup of the century, but that's not well, it's, our story well, it's list still,
0: too. It's still a pretty like it, it was one of those ones that I think if you if you look at the uh, the Facebook fanboy pages, there's still a lot of love. Like I think a lot of people said, you know what, the beer is just too good for me to make that ideological decision to not buy them any anymore because they're not independent. They seem to garner or, or maintain a lot more of their support than some of the other brands did.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the, when they bought it, um, we talked a little bit about this, I think, last week. I, I think when Constellation bought it, they that, that purchase came through when Craft Beer was growing, and it looked like Ballast Point would keep going. They obviously, Constellation are a brand-building business, and they sell brands, whereas Craft is much more about community. And you can't just take a brand, put up billboards in a broader area, and have that Growth continue.
0: No, Um, you can't strip off everything that has sort of made a community, and and think that community will still hang on, and and that it'll keep going. So so yes, which is a salutary lesson. And
1: you know, that's also, it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, how the bolters um, and some of those businesses, you know, the the businesses that have sold, um, because those deals are typically structured as a you know five year buyout. I think um, when I was reading the camden town sales figures you know you, you've, you've got a price that's agreed but then you know at three and five years it's you get a second payout
0: and if the growth continues if you've can yeah if you've hit certain markers yeah yeah
1: if you've heard you, you can sort of that you can get multiples or you know bump ups uh, along the way um, and that's where it's it, it's quite interesting because you think of you know assuming uh pirate life uh, which sold what Two and a half years ago? Two and a
0: half years ago now, yeah. just Yeah, yeah. that's so six months before the GAP 100 of that year.
1: Yeah, so so they were sold uh, to AB a, InBev. Um, when AB InBev uh, was you know, sort of running it, they would have had that sort of five-year um, sort of out deal. Um, and then suddenly Asahi and AB InBev you know, have done the deal to buy CUB and you, you've, you've got the same business now – Selling, you know, so four pines, pirate life, mountain goat, uh, green beacon, bolter. You know, if if you're pirate life and you've sold, thinking, well, look, you know, we're growing at twenty five percent, and you know, gee, imagine how quickly we'll grow if we've got the might of Cub behind us. Um, and, and, and we're the only brewery in the Cub and,
0: stable that and, has no that,
1: that has this beer, and then suddenly, oops, oof, fuck. <laughs> we can we're now competing against bolter for our cash out um you know for for, for our buyout number um you know how does that work but anyway but you know i'm sure all will be re- revealed
0: um it will and our next story matt uh, interesting that you uh said it's a done deal. Is it a done deal? The ACCC raises competition concerns over the Asahi CUB deal. The ACCC has preliminary uh, competition concerns about Asahi Group Holdings Limited, known as Asahi, their proposed acquisition of CUB. The ACCC has formed a preliminary view that the proposed acquisition will reduce competition in the market for cider and may also reduce the competition in the market in the beer market. Yes. The so the quote from um ACCC Chair Rod Sims, who's appeared on this program before, the proposed acquisition would combine the two largest suppliers of cider in a highly concentrated market. A combined Asahi CUV would control the Summersby, Strongbow, Mercury and Bulmers cider brands, which account for about two-thirds of cider sales. We're concerned that the proposed acquisition may lead to higher cider prices.
1: And well, there was also a little bit, and I've been out and about all day, so I haven't really caught up on this, um, but beer was mentioned as well, you know, the the competitiveness of the beer market and that Asahi is currently a competitor to to CUB, um, which is quite interesting because when you go back to when Lion was trying to buy Coopers, um, Coopers had 5% of the market back then, Um, Asahi only has about 2% of the beer market, but... The A Triple C, and maybe it's the magnification or the added element of the cider, but the A Triple C seems to think that the loss of Asahi as a competitor to Cub might lead to beer prices going up, whereas they were able to to distinguish between Coopers, um, and maybe that was at a time mm. when Coopers was selling ales and Cub was selling, you know, primarily a lager business, and they didn't see there was any that they didn't actually see that they were direct competitors. They were um,
0: complementary rather than. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: but anyway, look, wait and see. So it's interesting. I was, look, I'll be honest, I was expecting them to just sort of give the green light, maybe have some comments about divesting cider brands, but there's a whole uh, another layer of inquiry that's going to go in, um, I think, being decided in February or, you know, closing in February. The one thing about that, though, Prof, is like the the ACCC, it's one of those things that it's really, really hard to define You know what something means and what something will affect. And when we spoke to, I think when we spoke to um, uh, Rod Sims on the podcast, or maybe it was his uh, predecessor, um, they don't really look at computer at consumer benefit outside of what consumers pay. Um, And so they look at if beer prices go down, then that's a good thing for the because they're the consumer you know consumer focused they don't really look at competition so they don't see having a vibrant industry of 30 players as being consumer benefit the way they see cheaper beer prices and I look I think that that's very very short-sighted and very very um, narrow-minded because consumer benefit is having a range of choice and um, you know a lack of concentration in the market Um, but yeah, they, they don't really consider that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that.
0: Yeah, which leads nicely into uh, the story that uh, we covered this week on Australian Brewers News, that beer volume declined to hit big brewers, say analysts. Volumetric consumption of beer in Australia is set to decline over the next four years, hitting mainstream beer, but the value of sales will increase, according to analysts at Fitch Solutions. Fitch, which recently released its quarter four report on the Australian food and drink market, found rising health awareness and higher taxes was going to have a significant impact on the beer market.
1: We see a lot of data coming out, IRI. We, you know, there's a whole lot of analysts. This was interesting that it came from Fitch Um Everyone's numbers are a little bit different. Everyone's arguments are a little bit different. So yeah, look, go read the article. This is one that we just throw into the hopper to add to the the the, the, the body of weight. So um, it, it was interesting that Fitch had come out talking about their food and drink. Go read it. It's a, yeah. you know, it's interesting to add to the mix of other things that you consider. Um, yeah,
0: and interesting because they're they're looking at um, I guess forecasts for the 2019 to 2023. Period um, where they expect spirits will post the strongest growth in consumption and um, beer less, and yeah, whatever it might be. The report said beer consumption will decline from an estimated 74.9 litres per capita in 2018 to 69.1 litres in 2023. To me, what this look,
1: you know, if, if I was going to take a takeaway, if I had a brewery, if I had skin in the game, um, as people like to tell me, um, you know. The business that I would be trying to build, looking at these figures, isn't one where I'm trying to compete on price to get my beer on the rotating tap at a couple of you know marginal venues. Um, I would be looking at building a really, really strong brand that's got a community built around it that sells the vast majority in my own. Uh, venue at the price that I'm able to justify through the experience I provide to consumers um and hope because that seems to be what's driving um you know successful consumer spends the guys who are chasing distribution growth um and you know factoring that in um I, I think they're the ones that are going to have a little bit of problems so
0: drinkers are increasingly looking for an experience rather than just a, a beer lock in value into the beer that you're selling um
1: is, is you know, try and increase the value. It, it was interesting. I saw a, um, a tweet from Topher balm. Yeah, how, how do you pronounce it? I always say Bain, I, I, Bain. Bain, like a because I always call it. I know it's not bone, but I've been Bain. saying balm, Bain. Yeah. I, I knew you had it right because that's your. But it's B O E H M. Yeah, but but that's your superpower is remembering these things. <laughs> Very um, mild. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and he sort of posted to saying, you know, why is it that you know wine just has such value locked into it. Um, and, you know, beer doesn't. And look, you, you could write a PhD thesis, you know, talking about the 10,000-year evolution of beer and how wine is only made once a year and all of these sorts of things. But where you draw direct, can draw direct um, contrast between the two is wine puts all of its focus in terms of presenting itself at the highest elements of what it is, I think the the greatest volume of wine sold is cask wine um, and and cheap wine, and yet all of the conversation is around the most expensive
0: wine, seven hundred and fifty ml bottle with a you know Talking about nice label. Yeah, all of that the so, picture yeah. of the sweeping chateau and all of that. The rolling beer, fields.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, all of the conversation is around. You know, even the way that you know people talk about it. You know, they they sort of talk about it being booze and like all all of these things. That are meant to be ironic, but are devaluing it. You know, we sort of talk about getting smashed. You know, drinking. You know, having a session, drinking a lot of it. All of those ideas suck value out of the category. Um, now, I'm not, You know, again, this isn't a fun place. This is just looking at the way you lock value into into your product. Um, and you know, I think that the, the figures that we're talking about from Fitch try and lock as much value into your business and your brand and your category as you can. And that's where your focus should be. Um, you know, unless you want to be a big major national player and you have to sort of play a different game, but you know, yeah. the 550 odd breweries, they're the ones I'd be looking at. I can, I can provide an experience, I can provide value that's the game that I should be doing because that's where the growth and that's where the value will be coming. And that's where spirits is doing so much of that at the moment. Spirits is providing a level of sophistication uh, and an experience and a story that craft brewers are moving away from. Craft beer is playing a game of, um, you know, infant, making beer seem more infantile rather than more mature and
0: more sophisticated. Yeah, And look, maybe as we've often sort of mused, uh, is is it just that, you know wine has just always had a better marketing department who knows Um, well wine's
1: got the seasons like that's and it goes back to you know we've been drinking wine since we were monkeys but you could only make it once a year um one of the reasons that beer created civilization is because once you can store grain you can make it 365 days of the year and once you can do that there's that loss of romance or loss of mysticism that comes from only having fruit that ripens once a year and you know you can go right back to that stage, but yeah,
0: avail- availability rather than or oh, something special to look forward to. It's like it used to be cherries at Christmas, but and it's you not, know, yeah, you yeah. get them all year round. It's not the same. It's
1: it's not special having a cherry at Christmas, exactly. And that's yeah, there is a little bit of that. But then you can still go and listen to either uh, the the Phil Sexton podcast that I, I did at the start of uh, the uh, start of October when the takeover, or um, Luke Robertson had a great podcast uh, on good beer hunting uh, that was a digging a little bit deeper into some this, of those this topics. week, the, 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 this week. Yeah. and phil talks about you know he was apologetic for using the term um beer as an idiot's drink or you know there, there was something around those lines but i remember reading an article f- about phil sexton in 1984 where he talked about the same themes um you know beer has been something that was a you know you drink in great volumes to get shit faced. Um, You know, all of these things that when you talk about it in those terms, when you use it in those terms, when you pander to that audience, you devalue your product. And, you know, as a guy who has built a lot of value into brands that he's touched, I'm not giving Matt Kierkegaard's wisdom. I'm sort of giving, you know, the wisdom that I've heard from people like that. Lock the value in your brand. And that Fitch data shows that that's a trend that
0: you can capitalize on. Yes. Uh, speaking of brands um, or rebranding, as it happens, uh, the IBA is to showcase independence, uh, giving the Good Beer Week Gala Showcase a rebrand with new entry requirements and a focus on independence. Uh, as we recall, the IBA merged with Good Beer Week late last year, giving the IBA greater, I guess, consumer presence in, in one of Australia's biggest craft beer markets. Uh, the Melbourne Showcase event to be held March 20th and 21st will now be known as the Indie Beer Showcase with new eligibility requirements, which include breweries must meet the IBA independence definition, uh, selling less than 40 million litres a year, can't be more than 20% owned by a brewery that sells 40 million litres of beer a year, and is not um, do, do not own more than 20% of another brewery that sells more than 40 million litres a I, year.
1: But I, I caught that last bit of the definition, and I was, that's that's a new one where you can sort of cannot be more than 20% owned by a brewery, but then you can't own more than 20% of another brewery that sells, which just, we'll have to
0: dig a little bit more into that one because, you Because that's kind of like a minnow buying a whale, isn't it? Yeah,
1: well, maybe that's just to keep uh, convicts and kings out of the market.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because they only make thirty. maybe this is the convicts and kings. Or brew. Brew, you never know, Matt. Brew, just I tell you what, it's got to turn around soon. Perhaps all of a sudden, you know. Oh, yeah you know, well you know just just keep digging yes <laughs> <Keep, laughs> dig up stupid yeah, you'll come um, on the other side seems to be the philosophy uh but yeah, it's interesting that um the good beer week gala showcase which uh is a really interesting opportunity for brewers to it, it it's, look i guess it's a it's a mini beer festival um now it, it's returned after a few years away it's returned to the atrium at um uh, fed square so it's a, a great location particularly because it can grab the attention of not just uh, beer fans who who will go and find it but um corporates coming out of the city on their way to the station or um who sort of popping out oh look there's a beer festival on not that look I, i'm lucky enough to have been at the very first um when it was back in the days when it was called the victorian microbrewery showcase matt oh, i remember those and old days there were there were 12, 12 breweries 12 breweries and 14 guests there until you, know, you are to kick a footy uh, up and down it. Now it's uh, both sessions sell out um, and sell out fairly quickly. So Great news. Very exciting to see
1: you know, waving the flag. No change to Good Beer Week itself, which is still going to be very, very inclusive. But yeah, it's it's good to see the um, you know, independence getting a flag. Um, and I, I just saw on social media before we picked up the phone to to speak that I think Places sold out in you know went in 20 minutes, which must have been you know as soon as they picked up one call, the next one came in. So uh, lots of demand.
0: There you go. Yeah, look and look, it's a it's a it's a terrific event. Um, it's been activated really well in the past by the Good Beer Week crew, in terms of having some little um, uh, what do you call it? the uh, silent disco headphone. Um, so chats with the brewer or you know, meet the brewer or a, a chat about interesting um, topics that Luke Robertson um, hosts and a, a great opportunity for, for both brewers and, um, as we would say, uh, prosumers, but also those who are sort of discovering craft to meet and greet with, um, you know, try a little bit of this and try a bit of that and get to know the beer. It's, it's, a, it's a really good event. Exactly.
1: All right, mate. One one that I just want to throw into the mix, very, very, very last minute, um, because I was out this morning. Um, there, there is a story up on the site, um, so Joe can throw this in the show notes. But the Redcliffe State High School um, this week or today launched a yeah, certificate three. Yeah. Um, and look, in its own way, it's a very, very small little story. It's a you know, out Brisbane suburb. or I think Redcliffe may even be a another city it might be i don't think it's a suburb of brisbane um i think it might be outside in in its own shire Redcliffe people let me know if i'm wrong um but yeah so they
0: did used to get their own show though didn't they for the echo they
1: did yeah i can't remember quite where the city limits are. but anyway um that's neither here nor there um the Redcliffe State High School launched a Certificate Three in Microbrewing. Now, this to me was very exciting to be at, and I was really glad I was there because we've heard about the uh, Queensland Craft Beer Strategy, and the TAFE is going to be doing stuff, and there's going to be. This was a school um, looking at the market, looking at interesting trends that are happening, and how they can prepare their students for the future and they weren't saying this is you know brewing um you know bearded hipsters i want us sort of because they, these are kids that are in grade 11 presumably haven't if they have had beer they haven't had a lot of it this is a school saying beer is business beer is science beer is marketing beer is hospitality you know and we want to equip them with those skills um, and, you know, potentially give them the skills to go on and have a career in this burgeoning craft beer industry. Um, Shannon Fentiman, who's a small business minister, got up and said, you know, we are going to need 20,000 hospi- you know, trained hospitality people in the industry in the next two years. And it was like, there was so much about this that was very, very exciting because... It was a school seeing an opportunity um, that brewing was seen as a viable thing to teach a whole range of other schools. None of this was about drinking alcohol. Um, They they managed to navigate that whole thing of, um, you know, neo-prohibitionists saying that you're marketing alcohol to school kids. They, the, the school community, the, um, you know, the, the the local community, the, the, the government got on. You know, the, the government, in isolation, not from the craft beer strategy, they got on, all got on board to negotiate this thing that where there was no established path, just because the school saw it was potential. And I think, you know, even if it doesn't work um, longer term. Um, it's really, really exciting that people are trying these sorts of things. But as it was, I think they had thirty-five applications from Year Eleven students for the twenty-two places for the two-year um, traineeship. And good on them. So I just want to throw that in, and we'll put a link into it um, as one of the things that you know they really deserve the uh, praise for getting that off the ground.
0: Exactly, and it's it's good to see. Uh, I guess you know beer being labelled in a in a positive way. Speaking of labels, Matt. Last week, I called one three hundred eight five two two three five. 852 235 not just to discover a more efficient way to get my small batch canning labels done by Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging, but to invite the guys to come out to our Christmas drinks, which they duly did. We well, caught up
1: with them. Yeah, good to have a beer with the, the the guys from Rallings. And it was the day we they'd started listening to the podcast but hadn't quite got to the bit where we dropped them in it. And yes, um, if you've got your 25-word less or less Um, definition or you know not definition of um, independence uh fewer sorry yes let's not (laughs) let's not mention that again 25 words or fewer um uh argument for why independence matters they're going to print the labels and i also got a message from seven mile brewing they're going to donate the beer because they're already uh loyal customers of Relling's labels packaging packaging and Stickers, so stickers and packaging,
0: um, and uh, that's Rallings label stickers and packaging, folks. What's the number, Pete? <laughs> it's one three hundred eight five two two three five.
1: But that's how flexible they are. So if we wanted to get three, that's cool. Um, so
0: an idea is actually become a beer. So the the guys at Seven Mile are going to brew a beer for us. We'll get them labelled with the what we deem to be the the winning jingle, if you like, or We're the tagline with line. the
1: winning tagline that you know, makes independence a compelling proposition.
0: What are we going to do with the beer? Does the beer go to whoever? Yeah, well, whoever wins, wins. they'll get a
1: carton of their own beer. Of their own Um, beer, And because railings are so flexible, we can even put their name on it. Um, So they'll have a beer can um, with their independence message and their name on it. Um, And then we can just send some beers out to – because we're only doing two or three cartons, so uh, we'll uh, send some out to our loyal listeners um, as part of our swag pack.
0: Sensational! And thanks very much to Matt and the um and the guys out at um at Seven Mile. Exactly. At, uh, Cl- no at, at 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 where is it Matt? Ah, oh,
1: so uh, oh, that, um, oh, it's, it's Northern down the Rivers. Coast, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. it's just Northern, yeah, Northern Rivers, Rivers. In New South Wales, So we can't even claim it. <laughs> um <laughs> In, in right. Queensland, until we take the uh, border south far enough that we get Stone and Wood as a Queensland brewery. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm trying. Yeah, uh, you'll, it's will so. that that's the one. Ballina,
0: so. Um, Yes, so uh, very, very cool. Excellent. Which brings us nicely and neatly into the mailbag. We're not going to read out the ones that we've already got in. So included in the mailbag, as Matt just said, the the 25 words or fewer, give us your independence uh, call to action. Uh, But we're not going to read them out. We have had heaps come in but we don't want to read them out and then have other people kind of use that as a springboard or a starting point to, you know, basically rip off the idea that you've worked so hard it, to... It, it's very hard
1: to have again. start with... A, as, a, as a writer, you know that it's very hard to start with a blank sheet of paper. It's much easier to correct somebody else's work or build upon it. So, yes, so we don't want to give any... Uh, so the people who... We're getting emails that afternoon, Pete, so people are listening to this as soon as this goes out. Um, but, yeah, we don't want to make it easier for the people who are a little bit later to the... To, yeah, so the you've paper. got
0: to... Matt, we're giving them another week. Another week? Yep. Now, is next week our last? Next week is our last, so we will... Okay, um, so it'll yeah. all be... Yeah, but, uh, but we mightn't have the beer until the new year, presumably. We won't have the beer till the new year, but you'll still get
1: your swag pack that includes the BrewDog uh, Berlin T-shirt, um, a hat, um, and we'll find some other stuff. Actually, I've got a little um, wooden uh, six-pack holder from Gage Roads this week that had some beer samples in. Um that was, that was quite nice. So, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly find some uh, enough gear to make it worth your while to uh, come up with 25 to put words put some decent effort into it, which people
0: have done already. So keep them rolling in. Now, diving into the mailbag, uh, Steve Levian on the Facebook group. Uh, now, this was in response to – there was a story about the, the beer volume decline, and uh, his two cents worth was along the lines of the beer category has been declining slowly for the, for the last 25 years plus. premiumization to maintain margin – has been the tactic for this for that same period of time firstly the likes of crown then Hahn premium with a the driver then mainstream craft and now smaller brands from acquisitions which is an interesting take on it matt uh,
1: yeah it is you know, i mean i would argue that Hahn premium was actually because Hahn premium as we know um and i've got to give a teaser for the 13th of january when we dohan premium oh we're up are we, we yeah. got a,
0: we've got a date
1: 13th of jan 13th of january in date, which folks. is a monday a night premium. um is that we'll, for brisbane folks it is for brisbane folks yes we're hoping I, i'd not realize but the charming squire um doesn't have a license to sell off site so for us to do it in sydney we would need to transfer it to the sister venue which is the uh, squire's landing and they're such a busy venue that we may not be able to do it there but Brisbane folks, um, 13th of January, we're going to be tasting the um, reboot um, or the approximation of the Hahn Premium um, with uh, Chuck Hahn and Bernie Powers talking about you know beer in the 80s and no doubt talking about some of this time. But uh, yeah, so um, I, you know, look, again, it would be interesting to go back to that time, but Chuck Hahn saw that beer could be a little bit better Um, and so Han premium was a way to do that rather than the big brewers, uh, making a premium beer and crown lager was almost an accident where consumers started looking for something that was better, um, during the yuppie fueled,
0: uh, eighties, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted Um, a special occasion beer. They wanted to show that they were, we haven't actually got one, but let's put the same stuff into a a fancy shaped bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was when, what what is the uh, genesis of the shape of the bottle, Matt?
1: Um, Look, I don't know, Pete, because the beer bottles used to be very... What's the shape of the bottle?
0: It's an inverted Pilsner glass, a traditional Pilsner glass.
1: Oh, you're talking about the Crown Lager bottle? Yeah, the shape
0: of the Crown Lager. If you tip it upside down and then put a a, a base on it, it's supposed to look like an inverted Pilsner glass.
1: What was once a Pilsner glass, of
0: course. Yes. That that changes. But,
1: uh, uh, But it was almost consumers wanting... You know, in, in a yuppie fueled, yeah, uh, you know, I want past- to
0: pay more for the same thing, but and get, but get something that looks slightly different.
1: I want everyone to know that you know, Can I'm, we I'm, fix you up. That I drive a <laughs> expensive foreign car and things like that. Actually, that... dollar that, down,
0: dollar a day for the rest of your life.
1: That, that was never interesting. Owned it, did they? No, no, and then didn't, didn't they uh, come that out didn't with the well arse out of their jeans <laughs> in 1992? Um, exactly. But that, that was where it was very interesting, listening to Phil again on Luke's podcast, but also um, on our podcast uh, earlier. Um, that they imported Stella Artois but even before CUB did and brought Corona in um, as part of, I can't remember what it was, it wasn't uh, Brew Corp, I think it was called. Um, they brought those beers in and that was how they came to have a partnership with CUB. Mm. And that's ironic that CUB was bought by the owners of Stella.
0: There we go.
1: But yes, so, so Steven, uh, Steve Levian uh, interesting point.
0: Yeah. Uh Phil Sharp, also in the Facebook group, and g'day to Phil. Um, and a shout out to brewers who might be thinking about, um, I think, uh, plenty of expressed interest, but get your entries in for next year's Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards coming up in March. Yes. Um, Phil said, with the Gab's Hottest 100 voting starting and the number one beer for the last few years now not being independent, what impact will that have on their rankings for 2020 will bolter xpa remain number one or will the hashtag sellout effect drop it down the list or will the hashtag bolter effect keep it up the top time will tell and then phil throws in or will the radio bruise news uh, sorry hashtag radio, <laughs> radio Brews news effect mean hemingways gets the gong uh, I, I, to which somebody did reply oh, i don't know that hemingways has enough um you know uh, distribution to get it, but that, that of course was. But it's
1: hype. It's it's it's.
0: Phil's also Phil yeah. Phil suggesting that you know we're we're some sort of um, Midas touch where uh, where wherever we go.
1: And that's what we've got to be. Re- yeah, like it, it's hard to be because um, we don't want to be seen to be trying to influence the vote by talking about the fact that we're going up to Hemingways um, to you know try and influence people, but. That was something that we didn't cover in the news. Obviously, Gab's Hottest 100 is open. And Pete, haven't the floodgates opened with, um, you know, vote one, you know, lobbying? It, 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 it's worse it, than... It's,
0: yeah, it's fair to say our news feeds uh, on the social medias have been fairly pummeled <laughs> with the the vast amount of um, uh, traffic by breweries. Uh-
1: but not just well, saying it- vote... They're saying, no, it, you know, yeah, vote for. We, we've made all of these great beers, but then they'll have a photo of the beer that they think is their their best choice, you know, which is the subtle. Well,
0: some some have gone as so far as to say, as vote for this beer or, or vote one yep, this by... particular beer.
1: And last week, before the voting even opened, uh, you know, on the, I think it was the day that Bolter announced. know, Stone and Wood was talking about, you know, vote for independence in the hottest one hundred. You know, the original. Uh, so so they were doubling down on, on, on the campaign which was you know it, it just shows how hotly contested and how valuable a good result is in the you know how influential um, the hottest 100 is
0: all yeah, businesses see it exactly
1: I, I, actually just, just as a side on that and uh, I, I'm sure there's a story behind it but the one brewery that I've seen um, of all of the breweries that I've seen that they've been saying vote um to, to various degrees, you know, some of them have said, uh, you know, we, we've got a whole range of amazing beers, you know, vote for any of them, but particularly this one or whatever. The only brewery that I've seen that has been really, hey, this, a lot of breweries have been making some amazing beers this year, go vote for any of them or even ours was Bolter. Um, so, they, they were the ones that didn't actually put XPA, they didn't, you know, photo. they were just sort of saying get out and vote, which, um, I guess, on one hand, they're either sort of being very, very even-handed. And last year, they didn't campaign very strongly from memory. But I guess it's also, they're on a hiding to nothing this year. You know, if they go out and campaign strongly and then fall. I
0: think too, Matt, that Bolter is one of those breweries, uh, along with a couple of others, whose fan base is particularly uh, well-activated and and incentivised to promote that the um, you know, so they're the one who are retweeting or sharing the post that the that Gabs vote, hottest one hundred voting has opened. So I wonder whether that does add a little bit of interest and uh, there's a bit of value in that. Yeah, it, at the end of the day, the brewery can say whatever they want, but it's got to. But their punters have got to react to that. That's the thing, you know. So if your brand is too
1: mainstream, and th- this is where that metric that I come up with is that you can have reach, but if you reach too far out of the, you know, a- 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 out of the craft beer mindset then you're a beer drinker who's not really likely as likely to be incentivized or motivated to vote for some NAF beer poll Um, but if you're deeply involved in craft beer and you really care about these things you're much more likely to to vote so you know a, a brewery with a big distribution need to reach a lot more of their audience to try and get a smaller percentage of them to to devote I would imagine
0: yeah who who knows and interestingly we did get our last letter that we're going to read out from this week and then we've got a couple if we've got time that we held over we didn't get a chance last week but this one from Ben Stab um, which was emailed to us Just wanted to throw my two cents into the conversation about the bolter sale and the meaning of independence a quick look at the comments of any bolter post will show multiple people voicing their disappointment but it will be an interesting question to see what they are basing that on listening to the podcast with you guys from bolter i found it very interesting and impressive the weight that was put on employee security and the burden placed on the original investors when making the decision to sell to a larger company. Working in manufacturing and having been made redundant twice due to contracting contracting markets and poor business decisions, this was a very encouraging conversation that have genuine commitment to their employees and their families. There's every chance that once the contract period is over, Bolter may end up losing some staff. However, there was absolutely no guarantee that without the sale, all their employees would have stayed in their jobs. Good point. Uh, this is also reflected in the commitment shown to the initial investors to return their money and some return on the initial investment. Understanding that there's a five-year lock-in of the current board and employees, I'll gladly continue to support Bolter and would only re-evaluate it once that time is up. Um, with an independent brewery the main selling point is that profits do not end up offshore in large multinational companies there's Uh, Little argument to disagree with that. However, it gives no insight in the company's other values or what happens to their profits and why we should be supporting them over others, something that could definitely be leveraged with the independence seal. If it is displayed that companies have signed on to a core set of values, such as placing importance on things such as sustainability community and the duty to their employees, then this would give a point of difference over both large breweries and smaller breweries without a clear value set. There's a large number of breweries such as Stone and Wood, Bright Brewery, Van Diemen, that reflect some of these values heavily. Perhaps a simple mission statement such as independence. Oh, I better not read this out. This oh, be no, yeah, avoided.
1: yeah, don't, don't, no, you'll give
0: too much away. But that's a really good little 25 is, word. Yeah. As someone who lives within the craft beer bubble, I'm reasonably informed and I support businesses that I choose to. However, it is clear that for people without the interest – there's currently a cloud over who to support and why they should over anyone else. Hopefully, this is something that is cleared up. Thanks, Ben. I, it was a little bit long, but I I thought it was well worth very reading, well thought yeah. out and well worth reading uh, all of, except the bit that could be uh, entered into the competition. I think I think we'll just put that that little sentence, Matt, in on on his behalf. On his yeah, absolutely yeah, yep, yep. I agree.
1: And and, and see, Pete, that's where it's interesting that I I find the businesses that actually. There are businesses that try and present a certain set of values, you know, which is called marketing, and then there are businesses that live that set of values. And I just sort of find that there is a resonance that comes through that you just sort of pick it up from the businesses that actually live those values rather than talking about them that does resonate with people. You know, you still need to market them in some way, but those businesses just have a sense that you know and, and i guess the example i would give is that when we were in portland um we went into 10 Bar- 10 barrel which is an ab in bev um brewery the aesthetics were exactly the same as a lot of the other breweries we went to but there was just something soulless about it
0: um and it was yeah it was and it was palpable like it was it just felt different
1: hmm Hmm.
0: uh tim wills uh on the australian brews news page read the bolter sale this is a carryover from last week tim sent this in um which is an interesting one two sentence summary uh this was the plan from the beginning so no one should be surprised it was just a matter of of when and to who so i guess that sort of sums up how a lot of people did feel
1: yeah and look there's gonna be a lot of opinions it's it's a hard business, and you know I don't. Again, I don't begrudge anybody the decision to do it. Um, I, I do very much worry for what it means for the rest of the industry. Um, again, because there's another big player gone, it. I think it hurts. Well, there's
0: people. another tap that's unavailable to an independent. Well, but it, is it? But
1: that's the thing. Is it another? Well, it can tap be because you can say, well,
0: oh. well, it, the 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 publican who has who you know. You know what? It's just so much easier now. I don't actually have to have a contract, but I can get one delivery, one order, yep. one invoice, one sales rep. But I can get, you know, ten different breweries' beers. Why would I then go out and hassle with, you know, one off the bat um, to a to an independent? Yeah, that, that that's our concern. Um, interesting that you know, if you think independence doesn't matter, it certainly does to our readers and contributors. Nigel Ailing on the Facebook group. Um, re-independence, so I decided I'd grab a beer that I could drink out of a can and head to the hammock for a TGIF beer. This one sounded like it would fit the bill being, uh, quote, your everyday beer. Well, where do I start? Ferrell set the bar back in 2008 when it released Hop Hog and it dominated the top 100, the the Gab's Hottest 100, with three number ones in a row from 2012 to 2014. Pretty much everything that came out of the brewery was gold and they could do no wrong. In 2017, CCA bought them out and this was followed with the inevitable claim again, a quote, that nothing would change. Whilst they continue to put out some really great beers like Biggie Juice, War, Warhook, and, and Tusk, et cetera, uh, the, they've also dropped beers like Karma Citra, which was an awesome black IPA, apparently due to low sales. Now there is this. Which
1: is a good reason to drop a beer. <laughs> let's
0: face it. Black IPAs never really took off, did they? Let's, let's face it. They were always treading water. And, and not too well. Um, but Nigel goes on to say, Feral Draft. Let's start with the name draft. The very definition of draft means that it's on tap or keg. No doubt this beer is served on tap in places, but if I'm not mistaken, this vessel is a can, so it's a bit of a misnomer. Uh, then he goes on talking about the style um, in terms of their claim that it's an everyday beer. Um, well, congratulations, you've done it 10 out of 10 if you want your beer to taste like VB. No doubt this stuff is being pumped out at stadiums, pubs, and clubs all over Perth, being sold to the working-class man. Uh, maybe hop-hog. Didn't um, didn't change, but Karma Citra certainly did, and their race to lubricate the masses with an everyday beer did too. Uh, Nigel finishes up with the scoreboard: a big business, one death of independent brewery, zero. Well, so, yeah, look, very passionate.
1: You, yeah, so so give, give me your read on that, Pete, because I know yeah, you, look, you, you've got some. You,
0: there is. I, I haven't. I haven't tried feral draft, but it doesn't surprise me that that is a way that. Uh, CCA can get people over to this new thing called Feral. Um, Biggie Juice is not going to get them there. Um, Karma Citra would not have got them there. Watermelon Warhead would probably not have even got them there. But if there's something familiar and then they become enamored with the, oh, this Feral brand's not bad, even if they only buy Feral Draft. And look, I, 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 I do get, and I, I, we can get into pedantics, and yes, Draft. You know, does have a. But the
1: thing is, it's draft. Anyway, it's totally misleading it is, anybody it's, because it's it's it's
0: being Bad served Bad out Shepard, of a can. Bad Shepherd has a beautifully crafted pilsner, which is called Reserve Road Draft. Yeah. Um And it, 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 it's 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 selling to your market. It's 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 giving the people what they understand. So I kind of I kind of do get that. But anyway, um, Matt, I might just finish off with one because this was... Well, I, I, did you,
1: just before you move on, I just sort of wanted to say that, you know, Bolter, now admittedly it was just a couple of months before this sale, um, came out with a, like a very light lager. You know, like it's, it's, it's a nice lager, but it's a very light lager. Um,
0: well, it's Happy of the Lager, which, was their, which is a limited that uh, was, special release, but it, it they, outsold the Pilsner. 10 to
1: one. i think it outsold just about everything else at the brewery um and yeah. and that's the thing like th- you th- their businesses and there are a lot of you know stone and wood has got a cracking um green coast lager
0: like lager and munich hells but they would sell far less if they called it munich hells you know stone and wood munich hells oh yeah but but, but having green a lager, lager
1: having an approachable beer like you, you you need um a popular beer and you know i i, I don't know that I, I, I get the point that if a brewery that makes its name on big, hop-heavy beers brings out a very, very light beer in the name of volume, that looks like they're fulfilling some sort of um, race to, to, to the bottom. Um, the flip side is that, you know, not everyone wants to drink hop-hog and not everyone wants to drink, um, you know, big-flavoured beers. And if, you, if you've invested... Heavily in a business, if you've you know if you've invested in tanks that can make two million liters of beer a year, unless you can make two million liters of hop hog, um, you've got to find some way to fill those tanks. So, look, it's yeah.
0: Well, that's it. You can you can make as many million liters as you you know physically can, but selling it is yeah. That's the trick. Yep. Um, and I'll just finish with this one, Matt, because I, I I got involved with this discussion and I thought it was a really interesting take. Again. Um, uh, which was from Dave Croft, who who's doing it, and I'm pretty sure it's his, I hope to be, stamp it to be corrected, but I hope I get this right, his 40th, and doing like a around Australia tour. Um, he's finally made it to Darwin. Apologies for this repost uh, from another group, but I feel definitely worth giving you guys this information from my perspective. I'm up in Darwin at One Mile Brewing Company. Um, he gives a recap of the beers that made it um, at 41, 51, and 73, and 82, I think, in last year's Hottest 100 um it gives some, oh, i won't go through them now but the summary look these guys copped a flogging from the rabid beer nerds after their emergence in the hottest 100 last year it was only fair i tried their beers and find out for myself yeah they're dialed down on the body um you know obviously for the for the temperature up there but all of these are totally smashable in this climate they've totally maintained the flavor profile within these beers when they dialed down the body so they definitely know what they're doing not a bad beer in the four core beers they're making in my honest opinion and um yeah that discussion was on i i i complimented dave on that because i thought it was good that um he put that into perspective Uh, some of the other comments that he then added was that the the guys at the brewery were were quite surprised that they'd done as well in the thing in the in the in the gap 100 but it did show if you put it out there to your to your fan base and they have a genuine connection you know that community feel to your brand they will do the legwork and so you, you will then get a reward. That's the whole point of, of the Hottest 100 is, is not to recognize the most classically trained beers or the, you know, the ones with the, the best soprano voices or the ones that have got the best depth and have won awards for, for technical brilliance. It's all just about, you know what, I just like this beer. I like it enough to get off my ass, get on my phone or my laptop and put in a vote you know, and, and wish them all all the best luck. So I just thought I'd throw that one in because I thought that we did leave that one over from last week and I wanted to make sure we, we threw that in because I thought it was a really good summary. Absolutely. So now one more that, week. That's runnable. And, oh, We've got to be aware that, you know, the, the weather's getting hotter. So does that mean we have to do, you know, like Bruce News light over the summer and do... <laughs> we don't want people is, running in really hot weather and, you know...
1: We'll, we'll do what the ABC do and have a summer edition where we get the B team um, in... in, in. <laughs>
0: I'd, oh, yeah, oh, there no. are those who would argue that we're the b team but anyway. <laughs> i was gonna say um now don't forget too that uh we will be sending out uh, a beer barblade a, bar a bruise news barblade to everyone who's has sent us in and that we've that we've read out so please make sure that you've sent us uh if you hear this if you're listening to this um send us in a, a, a postal address so that we can get that out to you and we will choose one of those who thanks to our very good friends at beer cartel will receive a mixed six pack. Um, who from Beer Cartel, who sponsor our letter of the week and have done for quite some time, and we do thank them as we head into this. So this is the penultimate episode, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, next week will be the last uh, last week. And the then
0: we'll be a bit of a break over Christmas, but you can always go back and revisit, particularly some of the beer as a conversations. There are a couple, actually, Plus, there are a couple
1: I'm going to re, um, re, reprint, a couple of the early um, ones where we had news and then the, the discussion, um, because, you know, for example, I was listening this week to a chat with Dave Benighton um, back in the days of the Craft Beer Industry Association and when they released their definition of craft that was, you remember, it it was really sort of it's marbo, it's the constitution, it's the vibe of the thing. It was, you know, where art meets science and passion or, you know, it was a really, uh, I'm sorry, wishy-washy definition. Very, very, yeah. Um, and and that was it just was a, four it was a don't
0: scare the horses kind of um, well
1: know, but it did not call, also call didn't blast. say anything but it didn't say anything and it was like it was very compromised and it didn't actually say it because you know it it was almost but anyway the, the the point of that was that that was only four years ago and it's fascinating to go back and listen to some of those chats that we've had in the very recent past to see how much. The industry is changing how sophisticated it is. So, yeah, um, yeah so, so we're so going to
0: re-release some of those. over Yeah, the summer I, I think I'll push some
1: of those out over over the summer um, hiatus. Because so
0: we're only we're only away for what three weeks? Three weeks, yeah. So three weeks all uh,
1: together. And as somebody because we we didn't get a beer as a conversation up this week. My bad. Um, and somebody just said, That's "Okay, we've got plenty to listen to." So uh, we we don't want to, um, you know. Bombard you, Bom- well, but we also don't want people going elsewhere for their content because that's what led to uh, Luke Robertson starting his podcast in the first place. Remember, uh, we weren't we weren't regular enough and love so listening
0: he- to us, but we yeah we we kept disappearing. Yeah, but that was then. This is now. Exactly, and it's all thanks to our very good friends at Cryomalt, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and Beer Cartel, uh, as well as uh, Unleashed Software, who have been partners with us this year. Um, those guys do make it all possible for us. Um, they buy the bandwidth. They, um, you know, make sure that we've got bar blades and uh, enough stamps to send it out to you guys. Yeah, exactly. So um, we are very thankful to them. Uh, so Matt, on that note, I think it's time to um, put this thing back in the stable until next week. Um, Enjoy your week, whatever happens, because you're winding down. You got Claire's flying out tomorrow, so will you be out, you know, with the tissue at the airport? <laughs> <waiting> <laughs> Claire's
1: actually flying. Claire's flying out Saturday. Um, she finishes up tomorrow for her holidays. Oh, uh, right, okay. So yeah, I'm going to be the uh, actually doing some work next week, uh, editing and things like that. But uh, no, tomorrow, yeah. So uh, that'll be Saturday. So next week it'll be me back in the uh, actual doing the, the the real work chair,
0: <laughs> ringing and hassling um, fair. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, enjoy your break, um, Claire, and uh, to Sam and to Kat and to Joe, uh, all the the crew at, at Bruce News. Um, enjoy your holidays. Just in case we go, I don't to, you know, in case we forget next week. Uh, but thanks for that, Matt. We'll see you all again next week.
1: Pleasure, Pete. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, thank you especially to our listeners. Yeah, um, like Pete. I look at the comments that we get in, you know, the discussion group, the emails that we get, and am just really appreciative of the thoughtfulness of our listeners. And even actually, I will sort of say I got an email this week from one of the listeners. I've often talked about the red wine, white wine flavored dye story. Um, yep, yep. And I won't call the listener out because I'd haven't asked whether it was okay, but um, he sort of he had gone back and. Got the original research and corrected me on a few things because in the retelling of the story the story gets uh watered down a little bit and i just sort of, you know it was just it was very thoughtful and considerate he didn't just sort of post it in the open group um you know because he did although i think we will post it because it's an interesting discussion um but yeah like i'm just very appreciative of our listeners um who are very very professional very very thoughtful and uh sort of make this uh you know a joy to do so thank you
0: and i echo those sentiments and on that yeah. note We'll see you all again for the next episode of Good Brews Week. And we're out.
1: Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at BruiseNews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener and thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.